All right, guys, you're here with Josh Thompson. We're going to do a quick Punk's opinion. Uh, this probably won't be too long, only because we just had Anthony Rumble Johnson on uh, yesterday, along with um, Damon G uh, from Knox Clothing, who they, you know, we're all three of us uh, friends and uh, kind of came up together. And if you guys haven't heard our very first podcast with Anthony Johnson back when we had Goldberg on, Mike Goldberg on as well. The two of them together back in the day was probably about a, over a year ago. Man, it's been over a year ago now, right? Two Almost two years now. But you got to listen to that show. Anthony gives uh, a lot of in-depth details, uh, you know, about how he got in the UFC and how uh, where he's come from and, you know, things to do with his family and, uh, and his relationship with Mike Goldberg as well as his relationship with myself. You know, and we do another one. Uh, we did another one yesterday. That one's, gonna, that one's pretty good, man. We talk about his, his potential return to fight John Jones. And uh if that fight happens, um it what what weight class it would happen in and you know all the other things he's doing uh some stuff with the CBD company working in the pharmaceutical marijuana pharmaceutical area there to help uh get people off opioids and you know start using more of a natural cause to help people um you know avoid being addicted to opioids, which is great, man. And all just the sport the sports and performance enhancing abilities of not perform. I shouldn't say performance enhancing, but more of the ability, um, the abilities of CBD to help athletes, you know, recover from, from, um, from being injured, hurt, things like that, you know, without having to take uh, Vicodin or Oxycontin or thing or any anything along those lines. So, anyways, that being said, um, follow his uh, his IG account, which is uh, competitive body development which is cbd that's on instagram follow them and uh check out their stuff man they got some good stuff so anyways to touch on that that was good follow us at, at the real punk on ig and twitter as well as um hit hit up sammy and the punk on youtube soundcloud itunes google play spotify everything youtube's um forward slash josh thompson official okay youtube is forward slash josh thompson official we uh you guys if you guys look me up josh thompson you guys can uh that should pop up and that'd be great all right man we appreciate it look um i thought i was about to end the podcast right there <laughs> that's it that's it um look we talked about a lot yesterday so today we're really just gonna um just kind of go over kind of whatever events are coming up and we may be able to talk about those as well and uh let's see what's going on this weekend and we will talk about that. Uh, what car are we talking about first? Do you, do you want to touch on uh, the past weekend? Uh, Derek Lewis getting knocked out by Dos Santos? Uh, no, do we we covered that a little bit yesterday, right? With uh, AJ, Anthony. Well, I mean, yeah, we let's let's talk about that. Let's talk let's talk about Dos Santos and let's talk about Derek Lewis. Um, is that the next fight? The next fight is uh, Masvidal yeah. and Till, huh? That's next. Oh, that's this weekend. Oh, and Leon, Leon Edwards, man, he's tough, man. His brother fights for Bellator. Super, super athletic, man. Both those guys. Anyways, that that's that's gonna be a great fight. And then Ozdemir and uh, Reyes, Dominic Reyes. Ooh, ooh, that's making for interesting stuff, man. I, yeah, this might be something I, you know, I might, I might turn, I might tune into. Interesting, interesting. Here, scroll up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, this, this that looks like a pretty good card. Let's uh okay, let's talk Derek Lewis and Dos Santos. Um Derek Lewis is coming off of a KO loss 
to Dos Santos. People, it's so funny, man. People were telling me that he looked like shit. I thought he looked phenomenal. I thought he looked great. Throwing head kicks, doing some big time stuff. Got poked in the eye a little bit in the very beginning of the fight. I mean, my personal opinion, I thought he did some good stuff. <laughs> hey, what, what, what good are refs, man, if you can't wipe your eyes on them? That was great, man. That was great. No, I think what he should have done, because that's Herb Dean. He should have taken Herb's shirt and wiped Herb's eyes with him since that happened with last week with uh, Robbie Lawler. Maybe he should have wiped Herb Dean's eyes and be like, hey, hey, maybe you can see my thumb is up, dude. I'm okay. I can keep fighting. Oh, maybe not. Stop the fight. Anyways, guys, that was my that was my quick little jab at Herb Dean. I like Herb, man. I like him as a person. As a rep, eh, it's a little suspect. You know, uh, People talk about he's good and... I've had my own issues with him in a couple, and not just in one fight, a couple fights. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, look. They said he looked. They said Derek, people were hitting me up left and right. Man, Derek Lewis looked like shit, dude. He got spinning back kick to the ribs. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it hurts him or whatever the deal was. But dude, he played possum a little bit. Was able to drop uh, Dos Santos. You could tell that it hurt him. I mean, he's still trying to, even after he got kicked and even after he was able to drop those softness, he still kind of was in pain a little bit, covering up, kind of leaning that way. But let's let's go back. Let's go back and let's talk about some of his old fights. Same things happened before. Like when he gets tired, he kind of like puts his hands on his knees, kind of baits you in. He, he does that, you know? And so this was a good little ploy by him because that was a good shot that landed. You could tell that it hurt him. He was having a hard time. Um, recovering from that, and I think it carried over into the next round. But I mean, some of his old fights, some of the that same stuff happened. He was getting hit with some big shots, uh, and uh, he kind of like turns away and kind of just covers up. I've seen him a couple times even turn and like almost like run to the other side. But dude, there's no doubt about the fact that he's got to do a little bit more work on his conditioning, and I think that will help with uh, some of the some of the damage, like some of the body kicks and. And some of the damage he takes to the bot to, to the stomach area, because he he seems like he's a little that he's a little soft in that area. But I mean, he he can take a shot. There's no doubt about it. I mean, but I think some of the some of the damage from that from that spinning back kick uh, still played a factor. I think in the second round, he was worried about getting hit getting hit there clean. And one thing you can't deny, Junior Dos Santos got some power. I mean, back when he fought Kane in the very first Fox show. Fighting Verdum when he knocked out Verdum. I mean, he's got some heavy, heavy hands. I feel like his confidence is building back up, but he's. I think he still has one, another one, maybe one more fight. He needs to get one more big win. I think for another title shot. I, I mean, I would like to see uh, Ingano and Dos Santos, but Dos Santos' chin is not the same. Ever since his, ever since his fights with Cain Velasquez. He just hasn't really been the same fighter. He's coming back, though. He's coming back on. I know he's got three big wins. He's got, like, uh, his fight with Tua Vasa was fucking awesome. His fight with Derek Lewis was good. I didn't see the um, Bagoy fight. So, Bagoy is, I mean, like, Bagoy trains at AK, all uh, full disclosure. Bagoy trains at AK, you know, uh, tough guy. But I didn't see that fight, um, you know. But his fight with Tua Vasa and Derek Lewis was a, was a damn good fight. And you watch, you watching that, like those two fights warrant him. Oh, that's pretty cool how they did that. Yeah. You didn't like it? No. no, I don't like, yeah, no one likes you either though, but <laughs> no, they, uh, they, it, it was, uh, I thought he did some good things. And the thing with, <clears throat> I 
the fight with um the fight with Derek Lewis, he just he fought smart a little bit. He tried to jump in on after he landed that spinning back kick. He tried to jump in and land the big shots. Wasn't able to do it. Actually got dropped a couple times in the fight. So I maybe would want to try to keep Dos Santos away from Nganu for right now. Potentially have him fight. Uh, who else is in that top 10? He had brought up somebody else's name yesterday. Uh, you have Nganu. You've got, oh, Stipe. I mean, <clears throat> I think a win over Stipe. Stipe has a good chance of beating him. He's got a good chance of beating Stipe. Is Stipe the same fighter with confidence that he was before he got knocked out by um, Dale Cormier? Those are things that everyone that we need to see. So why not have the two of them, one guy coming off of knockout wins, one guy coming out of a knockout loss, who was the former champion, put the two of them together, have Ngannou either fight DC or you have Ngannou like kind of sit on the sideline, I guess, for a little bit. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe you have him. Maybe you have Ngannou fight the winner of Curtis Blades, and um, uh, what's it called, Justin Willis? That would catapult Justin Willis. And obviously, I'm going to be full disclosure again. Justin Willis has been on our podcast. Justin Willis has also um, trains at AKA, and um, I, I don't train with him personally because he's so damn big. He's like 300 pounds. But I mean. He's uh, he also trains at AK. I mean, that would be an, another fight somewhere in there. I mean, you could watch. I guess Alistair, you know, Volkov is. I think already got a fight lined up. I think he's fighting Alistair. Is Alistair fighting Volkov? Can you pull that up? I think they are. I think they are fighting. But Dos Santos. I think Dos Santos and um. Let me see. Yeah, I think I think Dos Santos versus uh, uh, what's it called? Stipe would be a good fight, man. That'd be a great fight. So, that's a good fight to see. Now, I guess we can talk about this weekend's fights. We will pull up um, George Mazadal. I'll give you my two cents and my breakdowns of a couple of these guys. You know, um, some, some of the guys I don't know. But, um, you know, we can talk about, about this stuff. This is a fight for the weekend? Yeah, this is a fight this weekend, right? This is the March 16th? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so UFC Fight Night 147. It's going to happen on March 16th. What is this going to be on? Uh, ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus, yeah. yeah uh, prelims are, oh, are on Plus as well. Oh, they are? Damn. Damn. That'd be sucking. Damn, Daniel. Um. <clears throat> all right, so Darren Till versus George Masvidal. I mean, Masvidal's legit, man. He's legit. I mean, and Dar I'm not trying to say Darren Till's not legit, but I think that Masvidal can get this takedown too, and Masvidal can do some work on the ground. So if Masvidal fights a smart fight, we could potentially see him talk being talked about right there in that title contention right off the bat. Man, Darren Taylor looking a little ripped right there, buddy. Looking a little stripped. Man, he's, he's fucking shredded right there. I mean, you know. Yep. 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 Looking good. Looking good. We'll see. What did he, what was the what did his caption say? <clears throat> uh, steaming. Oh, he must have been in the steam room. That's why he looks ripped. <laughs> Got all that blood rushing to the to the, the skin. <clears throat> um, I think Masvidal has all the tools to beat Darren Till, and not just beat him, but beat him convincingly. Now let's remember that Masvidal is going to be a little bit on the smaller side as far as size wise in the one seventy pound one seventy pound division. Darren Till is on the bigger side. So 17 and 1, uh Darren Till's fighting 32 and 13. Uh George Mazadal. I mean, it doesn't even say when he, what Mazadal's last fight. Uh right here, Stephen Thompson. 
Yeah, oh, he lost that fight. It doesn't say that he lost on his thing. Yeah, so he lost. So yeah, he his his last two fights, George Masvidal, he's lost to Stephen Thompson. He lost to Damian Maya. Um, I mean, people, you can say what you want, but Darren Till was pretty close to losing to Stephen Thompson. I mean, I had it kind of a, I had Stephen Thompson kind of winning him and edging him out, but not by much. I honestly, that was one of those fights that they both should have lost. It wasn't a very exciting fight, and um. Those kind of fights, I feel like you should just be like, "Hey, you know what? Let's just let's just call it good. Let's just say it's a draw and <laughs> move on." But uh, it was one of those fights, right? But Masvidal's five eleven, Darren Till's six foot. Walk around weight, though. I would be interested to see what that weight is because the two of them, you know, are. I mean, they're pretty much even, split down the middle, even. Except for I want to see what walk around weight is. Reach is seventy four inches for both of them. Both coming off of losses. I mean, the, the, having the two of them fight, this is going to be a great fight. George has people drastically underestimate his wrestling ability. And I think that he has a great chance. He has a great chance uh, of beating Darren Till if he mixes up his wrestling with his striking. Uh, Darren Till will only try to keep this on the feet. And Masvidal got a chin. Masvidal is a little tricky, though. He likes that little calf kick, and I've said it. I said it yesterday with Anthony Rumble Johnson. He was one of the, he was one of the first ones, if not the first one I ever saw throw that calf kick, and that was in the Strike Force days when he was fought. He fought someone before he fought. Um, before he fought uh, Gilbert Melendez for the title, the Strike Force title. When he fought Masvidal. Or Masvidal fought uh, Gilbert Lennon. He was hitting this little calf kick, but he fought someone else before he fought Gilbert Lennon. Go KJ Noons. So KJ Noons, and then he also fought um, Billy Evangelista. And he was hitting these little like calf kicks on him. And I was like, damn, that's pretty nasty, dude. Those are pretty good. And then he used them a lot more when he fought my teammate, Justin uh, Wilcox. <coughs> Justin Wilcox was tough. Short little wrestler guy. He was hitting him with these calf kicks, and man, they were money. I remember Justin coming back to uh, AK and being like, man, he was having a hard time kind of like walking for a week or two after that. There, he he's, he's tricky. He's crafty. He has that like grizzled veteran kind of like mentality of he knows that he finds ways to win, but then he also sometimes doesn't utilize them as much. He sometimes will just always try to keep them standing. If you go back and watch his fight with KJ News back in Strike Force, man, I never seen anyone get out kickboxed like that ever in my life in a whole fight. It was nasty. And KJ was supposed to be the boxer slash like kickboxer and people underestimated him. That was kind of when my eyes were opened to how good George Masvidal was. Yeah, just good. But I mean, he, I mean, yeah, KJ took some big shots in that fight. It was just a nasty fight. You can see KJ being, he just trying to box the whole time. But that whole fight, though, I, I was very impressed with how good George Masvidal looked. I mean, I don't think we're going to see George go back down to one to one uh, fifty five anymore. Uh, I think the weight cut is probably a little bit too much for him. But uh, man, and the th good thing about him is that he's a good dude. I love watching guys that fight. I love watching guys fight who lay it all on the line, throw down dogs. But um, just nasty fighters, man. Just good fighters, and uh, and just that are good people as well. He's a good dude. So anyways, I'm going to go with George Masvidal on this fight if he farts smart. If he tries to stand directly in front of him and doesn't mix up the wrestling that he has. Um, if he, see, you saw that calf kick right there as well against Gil. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been hitting that thing for a long time. But he got some good boxing. You know, Gilbert was putting the pressure on him. If Ma, if Darren Till puts the pressure on George Masvidal and makes a fight going backwards, he may he may end up being able to, to, to keep George, make George gun shy. If he doesn't do that, 
and he lets George just pick him apart. It'll be kind of a slower paced fight, but George is going to pick him apart and be able to land some big shots. You know, and uh, that there's that calf kick again. You can see the side of Gil's leg in some of these shots, how red it is. Look at that. I mean, ju just like I said, though, a nasty, grizzled fighter. I love watching him fight. Good, good guy, though, man. And in that fight, man, he, I mean, like when he fought, when he fought Gil in that fight, he ended up uh, breaking, I believe he broke his head in the first round. He still had a good fight. Very impressive. You know, um, but let's talk, I mean, like, Overall, if Darren is able to push him around and make him back up, make Mazadal back up, it can make for a very it can make can make Mazadal gun shy, and then I can see Darren Till winning the fight that way. Any other way? I don't think so. I think George Mazadal is able to push if he's able to push Darren Till around, threaten the wrestling, make make Darren Till rest uh, back up a little bit. Always try to stay outside of the range so he doesn't get taken down. I see. I would say George Mazadal wins this fight, and he, I think he wins it convincingly too if he threatens that wrestling a little bit more. What's the next fight? Leon Edwards, Nelson. Oh, Leon Edwards, man, and Gunnar Nelson. Who? Oh, he's a Scottish boy, isn't he? Isn't Gunnar Nelson a Scottish boy? I shouldn't say boy. I mean, he's a grown man. I shouldn't say that. I think he's from Scotland. Oh, Iceland. Iceland. Sorry, my bad. Iceland. Yeah, I think he's from Iceland. Isn't he? <coughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Nice guy, man. Nice guy. Super nice. Super respectful. How old is he? Only 30. Oh, he's only 30. How old's Leon? Leon's the same age? 27. Oh, 27. Younger. Yeah, I trained with Leon Edwards a couple times at AK. And, uh, man, is he fast. He's fast. He's really... He, he's probably one of the... He's probably one of those, he's like one of those guys that's the most, uh, you know, when you have guys you can train with, and when you train with them, you know you're not going to get hurt, even though they're bigger than you. I train with him, he's got a lot of control, and he spars really well. I'm like, just a super all-around nice guy. It runs, you can tell, it runs in his family. Um, his brother fights for Bellator, and he's the same exact way. And man, I mean like... It's it, it, you can say they're both extremely respectful guys, and I love being around people like that. And and uh, Gunner is a very nice guy as well. And seeing those two and seeing seeing this fight come to fruition is gonna be great. Now it's whoever can implement their game plan. Gunner, I think, has a good chance of taking Leon down. He's gonna have to work for it. You have to fight for it a lot. But if he's if he can get that takedown early and often, or keep him on the ground after he gets one takedown in that first round, it makes for it makes it a really tough fight. For Leon to fight throughout the rest of the time. Now, I think Leon's smart though. Leon's gonna make sure that he keeps his distance, stays away from him, you know, and, and sticks and moves really well and doesn't stay directly in front of him. So that that will uh, open up his striking a little bit more as long as he keeps the long range. Let's look at the stats on these guys. So Leon's a little bit taller, 6'2, Gunner's only 5'11. Um 74 inch reach, which not much of a reach advantage, which I would have thought would have expected to be a little bit more. But Leon's got 74 inch reach advantage over Gunner 72. Two inches, it seems like maybe to the casual family, they're thinking to themselves it's a lot, or maybe they're thinking that it's not. But for me, like when you're fighting, that, that little bit of reach advantage, unless you know how to use it, doesn't really play a factor. Now, the two inches will should play a little bit of a factor if Leon's able to use his speed. He's fast as hell. Let me just tell you, he's fast as hell. If he uses his speed along with you, which he's gonna, because he's gonna try to avoid that takedown. If he can use that speed, you know, and that reach that, and and make sure he rotates his shoulders a little bit more and rotates the hips a little bit more to get in there and stick and move, that reach will play a little bit of a factor. But I think the, 
He's gonna Leon's gonna minimize how much he kicks in the beginning, and he's gonna box. You know, and uh, he doesn't want to get his legs caught, or you know, and and then if he tries to throw a kick, he doesn't want Gunner to catch his kicks and take him down. So in that first round, I wouldn't expect Leon to kick too much unless he's trying to hit that low level ankle or calf kick. I could see him potentially doing that, um, but otherwise. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to end up doing a whole lot of kicking in the very beginning of the fight. Maybe as the fight goes on, if Gunner starts to slow down, then I could see him potentially starting to uh, open up on the kicks as well. But you just got to be careful, man. You don't want to end up on the bottom of Gunner Nelson. You know, him passing your guard, him getting to mount, him making you do the whole rotate back and forth from back to mount, back to mount. That that would make you exhausted extremely fast. And as the fight goes on in the second and the third rounds, then. It's it, it becomes harder and harder to get up, and you're just wasting energy, and potentially just end up giving yourself to a submission, you know, and, it's, and being stuck on bottom or getting submitted. So that's the, that's the fight game, man. Gunner has all the abilities. Coming off of that loss to uh, Santiago, but when he when he lost to Santiago, there was a lot of rumors going around that fight about how he got poked in the eye so bad or something like that along those lines. Where he couldn't see and just the whole fight was a haze after that. Something along those lines. Because he didn't look his normal self, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, this this going to be a good fight, though. This is one of those throwback type fights. You have the striker versus the, uh, the grappler. And um, the potential of this fight. Um, one person's got to implement their game plan. And the potential of that person implementing their game plan, winning the fight, can definitely... Uh, catapult them into that next area of title shots so this would be good i mean leon edwards to me is right there he's ready for that title shot coming off a big win over uh over uh donald uh, donald cerrone cowboy so this would be good though this would be good yeah you see gunner right there oh they pulled on the shorts but you see gunner right there get hit with a good shot gets poked in the eye right there yeah just nasty man I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, you can't fight with closed gloves, with closed glove fingers. You know, like, even if you had something that went over your fingertips back in the day, I mean, I just, I don't think you can do it. The way we, the way the gloves are designed now, it makes it as realistic as possible. You know, I remember the, there's like an old picture of Bruce Lee going around that has like uh, the old Jeet Kundo uh, gloves that are all padded on the fingers and everything like that, but they've got leather on the inside or like a suede or something, like a leather suede. And they've got little holes in them so your hands can breathe a little bit. But then that also means that like when I grab you, it, it soaks up your sweat and then you're not as slippery anymore. So there's a lot of things, you know? And, yeah. And it's just not, it takes some of the, it takes some of the fight game the reality of the fight game out of it, like the, the realism about it. I don't know. It's just my personal opinion. Just my personal opinion. You know, so uh, that's my take on the uh, Gunnar Nelson-Leon Edwards fight. It's, it's a typical of whoever can implement their game plan the best. style. Uh, it's uh, stand-up guy versus grappler. Whoever can, you, whoever can implement their game plan is going to win this fight. You know, so if Leon can stick and move and keep the distance and avoid the takedown, uh, he has a good chance of winning this fight. If Gunner can press him to the fence or close the distance and get to the takedown and get on top, it's gonna make it's gonna make it a lot harder for Leon to get up from the bottom. And as especially as the fight goes on, if he gets that takedown early and he and Leon's able to get back up and he gets it again, he starts wasting all that energy. Gunner could end up having his way with him by the second and third round. I'm gonna lean towards. I'm gonna lean. I can't I, honestly. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't tell you. I'm thinking Leon, I'm thinking Leon's going to be able to implement his game plan. But, man, it's hard to go against Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson, when, he, when he's able to get his hands on you, it's hard, it's hard to go against him. So, but I'm, I'm going to lead towards Leon. Leon's on the rise right now. He's, he's, I mean, scroll down. He hasn't lost in, what, three or four fights? Four, five, oh, six. Yeah, six fights. His last, his last loss was to the champion that's right now, uh, Usman. That was his last loss, and that was in 2015. So, we'll see, man. He, I mean, he's, he's on a win streak. We'll see exactly what happened. Gunner's coming off of a win, a win as well. Sorry, man. Excuse me. Shit. Gunner's coming off of a win as well, but he had a loss right before that. Um, and we'll see, man. We'll see. This this makes for a good fight. As far as the next fight, uh, Dominic Gray is in uh, Ozdemir. I mean, Ozdemir comes from a good camp. He's able to get, I mean, I just think that just stylistically, Ozdemir, let's pull up their stats. Ozdemir has a, Ozdemir has fought the tougher and the, and the, um, let me see here. So Ozdemir is 6'2", Dominic Gray is 6'4". The reach advantage is two inches, oh, yeah, two inches again. Uh, leg reach advantage is 43. It's not, I mean, not three inches, three and a half inches. You know, Ozmir coming off of a loss. Dominic Reyes coming off of a win. Dominic Reyes 9-0. Impressive. One's from Switzerland, one's from the U.S. I mean, 9-0 nine, nine and, oh, and then Ozmir is 15-3. and three. You know, let me see. Pull up Reyes again. Says he's 10 and no, oh, it says he's ten and zero. So UFC has their stats wrong. Yep. Hmm. Kind of like, kind of like Bellator. Hmm. Wow, wow, this guy, this guy. The only thing that's wrong right now is them shoes you're wearing, son. <laughs> are you gonna wear a tie? Yeah. You guys, if you guys are at home, you guys listen to this. I want you guys to understand that Dave's dressed to the hill right now because he's going for. He has a, he has a job interview within his company to like get a better, a, um, a better paying job. You know, because you know, Dave's kind of poor, but um, Dave has a kid at home. Yeah, yeah, Dave does have a kid at home. You know, and a wife. Josh's lazy ass ain't doing nothing on this podcast. Wow, wow! No one wants to hear your voice. Stop talking. <laughs> um, so who's uh, Dominic Ray is coming off a win? Who, scroll down. Let's see who he's. So his life. So basically, his toughest fight has been over St. Prue. Coming off of you know a good win against him, well I mean it's a unanimous decision, but I'm just simply saying it was it's a good fight. But that was a while ago. It was against that was with the Khabib fight, October sixth. Um, I saw this fight right here live. Jordan face. Powell. Yeah. Where was that LFA? Yeah, I think it was in Sacramento. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I mean, but like this this can be a big step up in competition for him against Ozdemir. I think Ovid St. Proust is extremely athletic, but he hasn't looked the same in a while. He hasn't really, you know, he's just one of those guys I think that he's a roller coaster. Some days he shows up and has big wins, some days he doesn't some days he doesn't fight well. And and let's let's be real. Ozdemir's last two losses, he's come to Daniel Cormier, who is now the heavyweight champ and was the two oh five pound champ, and also against Anthony Smith, who just fought John Jones through the decision. So Let's let's just say that he's fought the tougher. He's fought Jimmy Manoa. He's fought um, over St. Prue, and he beat him as well. Uh, he you know he's beat some other top guys. So when we go down that list of guys, when you're talking the talent level of guys that Ozemir's fought, the guys that he trains with versus Dominic Reyes, 
I think that I'm going to lean towards Ozemir, but Ozemir coming off of those two losses, got to know exactly where his mindset is. If he's trying to get, if he's going to get back on track, he's going to fight smart, he's going to fight cautious. What's he going to do? If you think that when a fighter comes in off of losses, they're going to be the same fighter you remember when they were good, or not when they were good, but when they had a, a couple wins last time, they're not. Mentally, he does not want to drop three in a row right now. In his mind, he's thinking to himself, man, I've never lost two in a row. Shit, I can't afford to lose a third. That's going through his mind right now. Like, that's all I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that's all he can think about is I can't lose this fight. I can't lose. If I lose three in a row, it takes me right out of title contention. It takes me right out of being in the top 10, pretty much. Like, there's no way he's going to be in that top 10 anymore. You know, is he even in the top 10 right now? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's still number six. So, two losses in a row, but given who he's lost to, he lost to Anthony Smith, who just fought for the title. He lost to Daniel, who Daniel was the champion at the time that he fought him. So, mentally, is he the same fighter? And Dominic Reyes being uh, undefeated, that'll let you know right now. Like he's he's like, hey, my o, my O ain't going. I'm staying right here. I'm an, I'm here to stay. And he's a little bit bigger, a little bit taller. You know, he's he's big guy. He's a pretty big guy for the for the weight class. So that being said, I mean, this this should make for a good entertaining fight. But I'm gonna lean to, towards Ozdemir because he's got more of the fighting the upper echelon of guys. Uh, even though he's lost to those two, uh, even though he lost Anthony Smith and Daniel, but he's he's got a couple he's got a couple good wins. He beat uh, over St. Pru as well, so they have one mutual uh, guy in common. And go to, go down to Ozem where he fought Ovis St. Pru on the left. Yeah, did he? It was a three round decision, oh split decision. So Dominic Reyes, I believe, beat him unanimously in a, in a decision. And just I mean, it's gonna be a good fight, man. So uh, I'm lean, I'm gonna lean towards I'm gonna lean towards uh, Ozemir though. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's why we watch the fights, maybe. That's why we watch the fights, you know. I'm excited about the Gunnar Nelson and uh, Leon Lewis fight, though. All right, what's the next one? I'll scroll down. I'm going to skip through some of these because I don't know some of them, and I don't want to give you guys bad information on any of these guys. So, <clears throat> don't know them either. Who's that? Jack Marshman and John Phillips. I haven't seen him. Oh yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, the top three fights are good. All right, guys. Uh, what's that, man? What's uh? Let's talk. Who else? What else is going on? Uh, there was some news. Some uh, there was some <clears> good <throat> news. I think it dropped yesterday. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on it. We didn't yesterday because I um I know it's kind of a personal thing on AJ. But there was some news that came out on him. Um, I'll just scroll past it and then I'll let you decide if you want to touch on it. Um. Where was it? It's it was right. Uh, yeah, I know. What yeah, right you're here. Talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking. It says Anthony Johnson's hit with a restraining order. I mean, and I'm, I we can talk about it, but I mean, I don't really know anything about it. When I I'm good friends with him, but we don't talk about things like that. So, and I'm not simply saying because he's my friend, I'm not talking about it. But let's wait and see what the details are. <clears throat> you know, um, let's wait and see what the details are before I before I go uh, saying a whole lot about it. Okay. Uh, does it say what it what can you break it can you open it up and see yep so it says a strain order was filed by a florida woman who claims they have had a relationship with johnson previously woman who was not named filed for a strain order because it was an uh, an immediate present danger of dating violence um the attorney representing Anthony Johnson claims that the fire is accused of online stalking making threats and posting ima uh, intimate images of the woman uh, he said, I'm going to get my gun, and her interpretation was aimed at her. Uh, his position was, 
somebody on social media was stalking him and he was seeing it in reference to the person bothering him and not her so he's kind of like basically she's taking it as him saying i'm gonna go get my gun because someone's stalking him online she's thinking that he's saying i'm gonna get my gun and oh wow come and get you wow there was no findings of fact nobody testified and there was no ruling it was just a it was just the party saying, listen, these people barely know each other. What do we know? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So not a whole think, lot behind I mean, it. Yeah. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. I mean, like you're talking about online stuff. I mean, there's going to be so much like he said, she said, or they're pointing. And everyone, everyone these days. I'm just, I was listening. To every time reading. you post something, someone says, oh, you know, like they think you're talking about them. You know, you know, there's, you know. A half a million people out there that follow this person you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's come on man then they're, they're not always talking about you so who knows <clears throat> it, I, I i yeah i don't know and i don't know what the four florida laws are so i can't really get into any of that but aj presented himself well yesterday though as far as like talking about you know getting out of fighting at a good a good stage mental health like mm-hmm. the cbd being good for his body blah 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 so like you know like it's well you think these things would come around based on like based on brain damage you know you hear a lot of these violent cases happening with fighters that have been or football players because of their cte and all that but like aj seems like he's got his act together as far as yeah that type of stuff Um, and that's just my perception based on yesterday you obviously know him better yeah i understand that um but all that being said people have to understand as well that I'm not saying that he does. I'm just saying that almost every person, every every human being walking the face of the earth has two sides to them. There's one side that they they show the whole world, you know, even their closest friends, and there's another side of the person who they are when they're at home and they're by themselves and they're they're on their phone or they're on their computer or they're a different person. I mean, they potentially could be a different person. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I'm not saying that it, he is. I'm just simply saying that everywhere around everybody is everyone's different all these fighters all these nfl players major league baseball players you know and you don't you look at them online doesn't mean that they're the same person you know when you meet them in person so i have a good relationship with aj but look i don't know his personal stuff like i don't know who he dates i have never met any of his girlfriends and i don't know any i don't know any of that stuff you know and um Yeah, so any of his online stuff, and that's that, those are things also, too, you have to be real cautious of because, like he was saying yesterday, that he doesn't even handle his social media, so somebody else does. So mm. for someone to say, because I think I even said, I said, I got to do that. I got I to gotta start having someone handle my own because I'm getting, it's getting, it's it's a lot of work, man. It's like it's like having a second job trying to you know make sure that you keep up to date with all your posts. You know I I own I own the we do the podcast, but then I have a, a gym and I have a a clothing line with Damon also. Like we have all these little things that are going on that we want to we want to share and try to market and advertise our own businesses. But it's a lot of work. You have to <clears throat> you're constantly doing you know <clears throat> updates. <clears throat> You're constantly doing updates and you're constantly letting people know that like, hey, whatever's coming out on your clothing line or hey, whatever's coming out, you know, in your gym, which which one of your kids is competing, you know, to help build your brands, your gym brands, like all those things, the podcast, all these things. These are all things that are um, that we're trying that we're trying to market, you know, and so it's it's hard. I mean, when you you, you have somebody else that markets your stuff for you. 
it, it, you know, that takes some of the responsibility off of you, but it's scary to think that you let somebody else post things under your name. That's what's scary. Cause you could say like, Hey, I hired this guy or this company or whatever, but then you hear it all the time about how, I mean, I, I did it. I tried it a long, long time ago. I tried having somebody handle my stuff. Like back when I was in the UFC, no, not UFC when I was with strike force. And, um, and the guy that social I had, media back then, huh? Did they have social my, media? It was MySpace. They had MySpace back then, and uh, and Facebook had just came around. It was right around that time. But on MySpace, I had like some somebody pretending like, or I had the guy that was handling my MySpace stuff because I just didn't want to deal with it. And uh, and social media was obviously relatively new, and I was like, man, this is you know, it's cool to go on there and look, you know, and and kind of like just see what everyone's doing. But then I would get off. I was more involved back then into the into the um like i love to go through all the mma websites and read all that stuff all that information <clears throat> and and now like to think i had a guy then that he was handling it and he was just he was like hitting up girls mm. and i'm like what are you gonna do are you gonna go go there and meet him and say like oh josh couldn't come and so then i had to i had to fire him but i mean it was just it, when you have that it kind of puts a it, it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth, you know, and I was like, all right, look, no more, no more. But then now it's becoming so much more busy. It's a lot, it's a lot harder to keep up. I help so, checks in your Facebook all the time. What's that? I help checks in your Facebook all the time. You help texts? I help checks. You hit up, oh, hit up chicks. <laughs> I was trying, I couldn't understand you, man. It's that, that whack-ass accent. No. No, hey, I've asked you this before, but mm -hmm. um, I'm going to ask you now that we have like a bigger following um, to see like what people's maybe take our when they put it their 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 hate in the comments but um just like as far as you leaving ufc right as they were like on this like hot uh, vertical path um it just went from they went from like zero to 100 real quick when the after the reebok deal that's when kind of connor started becoming a hot mm -hmm. commodity and bringing light to the sport that we're just about to sell as well <clears throat> and it just seems like by one year you missed out on being you know you know, Josh Thompson is legend of the sport to being like Josh Thompson is legend of the sport who still has like a prominent name. Not not to say that you're not like I'm not trying to like shit mm -hmm. on you, but just like you think about like your your social media following following, right? There's people that I see and um somebody who I saw recently who Chad Mendes who just retired from the sport with a million followers on mm -hmm. Instagram, right? And he's retired, you know, didn't get the title he's got a million followers though so now anything he does business wise is probably going to be somewhat successful because he's got a following that he can set up market to yep. and whatever and like i feel like you missed that by pretty much like a year if you had no. done a year more and just kind of like your position there like how you feel about that like what your thought is on do you care how much do you care whatever no what i think about is this is i would rather and and this goes for ev this goes for everything because i learned my lesson the first time i learned these guys spent their whole career in the UFC and they did a great job. Like, and they hit at the time though when the market was growing. So Chad, Connor, they all came a year earlier or they came around that time. But what my point was, my, what I'm trying to say is they spent their whole career in the UFC. You have to think about if I was in the UFC and they had never got rid of the lightweight division, I'd still be, I would have still been fighting for them for the next 10 years. I, I would be like a Donald Cerrone because I was there before Donald Cerrone. I was in the UFC when Eves Edwards first started. I don't know how many followers Eves has and things like that, but like that whole that whole group of guys that went up the ranks. I mean, I was there. I was there. I think BJ had only had two or three fights in the UFC at the time when I finally had my first fight in the UFC. 
So all of that being said, like you're talking years and years of fighting in the UFC. The other thing as well, what I want people to, and what I what I take away from this is this. Chad Mendes has as many followers as he had. He was part of a good team. They were they were like, but they are social butterflies in the sport. Sure. That team is. You had Cody Garbrandt. You had T.J. Dillashaw. You had Uriah Faber. You had you had all these guys that were there, right? And they were like on Cody Garbrandt, but they're all social, like they were. They were social butterflies. They they were every time they were out, they were out having a good time. Every time that one of them fought, the whole team went. They were they built their own reputation of of being cool ass dudes, guys to hang out with, fun to be around. You know, um, yeah, but it was a culture they built at at Alpha Male. It was a good. It's kind of falling apart now, but they have something there now. They've got something, they had something there back then where there was a group of guys that just all hung out and they were good dudes, man. You know, and the next thing I'm going to touch on is that helped build up all of their social media following. Then on top of that, they, um, like on top of, on top of them doing that, they, they do things that are outside of the box. It's not just fighting. So they attract attention like Chad Mendes. He's a, he's an avid hunter. Okay, that that generates a whole different brand of social media following, mm-hmm. you know. And hunters are big. There's a there there's a big industry of people that love to hunt, from bow hunting to just regular hunt to rifle hunting to uh, different types of hunt. There's different types of hunting. Now I've never I never got into hunting. My dad was real big into hunting, loved it. Um, his he would go out there for like two three two two weeks during the during like the the uh, summer and the fall time to see when he was going to start like or where he would he would like track his animals and yeah it was crazy like he'd go out there for two weeks at a time and then and then he when he would go out hunting go out for two weeks and like camp and i wouldn't see him for two weeks you know like be gone gone out hunting with his you know a couple of his boys but it was uh it was it was cool man like but it's it's a it's a it's a whole different sport that people attract so for him to have that type of following, he's attracted now, not just fight fans, but he's attracted hunting fans as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of like bow fans that follow him and gun fans that follow him because of what he does. And I, I think it's I think it's great, man. I think that though, I think if you're a fighter, and that's the one thing I never did, I only focused on fighting, I never did anything else. And then like right now, what I'm doing is like I do, I play indoor soccer now because I played a lot of soccer when I was in high school and a little bit in college. And when I got done, I, I just stopped playing cold turkey and started fighting and just focused strictly on fighting. And now I'm getting myself back into that whole thing. It's you. Had, I should, those are things that I could have been doing the whole time. I was, I was always afraid of getting hurt though. Like if you're playing soccer, you play indoor, you play outdoor, whatever it is. If you get hurt doing that, like shit, I shouldn't have been doing that. I could, you know, I could tore my ACL. It's like now I can't make money. I always thought those are the things you got to do. Things that you can. It's kind of like investing everything in one thing. Yeah. So that you, so that you could go a hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I was doing. But I mean, in the long run, no one foresaw the whole the, the social media platform. Yeah. You know, developing and people want to see all of that. Like, I mean, people don't. I, I I want people to understand. Like, I grew up snow skiing like I, I basically was living on the mountain for a long time like it just snow, I grew up like water skiing 
uh, jet skiing. Like these are all things that I grew up doing, but there was no social media platform back then to do those things. And then now as I got older, is I just live in a city now. Back then I was like, when I was in high school, I was living in North Idaho. So I was living, you know, on a lake, like up up on a lake and I was living and we would wake up every, my dad and I would wake up and we'd go, we'd go water skiing at like six in the morning before I go to school. Cause the lake, the lake was crystal clear glass dude and that's the best thing to try to water ski on so i would leave we'd water ski in the morning i'd go to school he dropped me at school and I'd, my dad would go to work and i'd go to soccer practice afterwards and then he'd pick me up and we'd get home right at dusk and right at dusk is when it's the best time to water ski because the glass the water is glass again so right when the sun's starting to go down like right before it gets dark that's the best time to water ski because the, the the lake is glass and it's just nice man it's nice to be out there it's so peaceful and, uh, you know, I was, at, I would backpack in, we'd do hunt, like not hunting, but, uh, camping trips all the time. I would go with my boys. We'd be all just, we'd backpack up like four miles, five miles up this river, backpack in fish, whatever we took what we would eat, you know? So whatever we would take our fishing poles and whatever we would catch off the lake, you know, we would, we'd stay for as long as we could backpack in a bunch of beer, you know, at 16, 17 years old, backpack in a bunch of beer and we would just take our fishing poles. We did fish you know, and some canned foods, you know, so we take some beans or whatever and, you know, and we'd open that up with a can opener and that would be fish and whatever our, our canned food was. That's what we'd eat. So <clears throat> we'd be, sometimes we were up there for two weeks cause we could just catch fish all day. Oh really? So, or until we ran out of beer. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, but it's, uh, but those are things I think that make athletes marketable. You know, you find something else like Kane. Kane's really big into cars. And I think that if he, he found another avenue of him racing cars, he marked. I mean, I know it's Kane Velasquez. He's the heavyweight. He was the former heavyweight champion. <clears throat> Huge following. You know, he's Mexican. So there's Mexican. They, they, they follow him. Tons of Mexicans. Millions of Mexicans follow him. But I'm saying that it's the, you, the Mexican way is to make sure they always support their people. So in doing that, like he has a lot of followers because of that, because he's Mexican, because he believes in his heritage, because of those things. But he's he's big into like racing. Like, you know, you see him and some of you follow his IG, uh, Cain Velasquez. If you follow his IG, he's got he you see him at like the tracks, like uh, derby races or not derby, but uh, buggy races. Like They do sand dune races and, and he does all that stuff. He races and does that stuff. So all of those things being said, like he's part of it. This is a whole different fan genre of people that he's attracting and this is only something that i'm like just real i mean i realized this probably about two years ago but obviously by then it was kind of too late you know you've got to find different avenues and different things to to help build your brand and uh you know to let everyone know who you are outside of just the fight world and one thing that chad mendez has done he's done a great job of doing that you know um i mean it's it's just one of those things man i think that you know I don't look at it as a as a bad thing and just look at it as like I didn't spend a lot of time on social media when I was fighting all the time. You know, I didn't post a lot. I didn't I didn't interact with fans. I interacted with them all the time in person. You know, I'm like the type of guy that wouldn't if there was 50 people in the in the in the lobby waiting for you to sign autographs, I'd stay there till they were all done. You know, and then I'd go up to my room or whatever. I wasn't the guy that just ran through, signed real quick and left and like getting you know, bounced out, not signing everyone. Mm-hmm. I would stand there and sign everyone's shit, you know, and make sure that they were all happy. Like that was that was just me. But that's different because on social media, you can hit, 
You did movies though, right? Like 10 yeah, years Yeah, I did ago? some movies, but those are all in Asia though too. So those hit like in Hong Kong, mainland China, Thailand. You oh. know, those movies all dropped in, in Asian countries. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, one of them made it to Netflix. is on Netflix, I think, you know. Um, it's called Fist of the Dragon. I mean, that movie. But that was a Roger Corman film who was, who was like basically someone... He's a producer who does like all like B level movies or I don't even know if they're B I would say like C level type movies. But uh but it was fun, man. And I did two of it. I do two of his movies. One never made it to the States or Netflix, the other one did, you know, and um <clears throat> yeah, it's good. I mean like yeah, but those are things that I hit. Sure I hit that market. <clears throat> but um it's different, man. You gotta be I think you gotta be more active on the media on the movie scene. Like you have to have more than one movie for people to be like, oh my god. You know what I mean? Um, Gina hit fire when she hit her when she did her movies. You know, she was with some prominent actors. And this in these movies that I did, I was the lead. So like I had some prominent actors working with me that were prominent as far as in Asia. So they're gonna people are gonna follow them, but it's all right. Like I don't look at it as a negative. I just look at it as like, hey, you got more work to do. That's the would you I do think. more movies? Yeah, I mean, like, it's. I kind of honestly, like, I kind of take the the Joe Rogan approach on the movie thing. It's um. It's it's kind of they're fun to do when you're doing it, but um, the people that you're around, they're not always you know like I like we did I, we did NCIS LA the the TV show, and it's just um. It, like the people that work in the the movie industry or the TV industry, it's a little weird. Yeah, you know, and and I'm not saying that they're weird. I'm just saying that everyone has a a job that they're doing, and it's um it, it just it doesn't like it just you can tell the ones that are trying to do something they're they're always trying to do something a little bit more to step on the person that is above them or right directly above them or whatever it is. Yeah, they're everyone's everyone's they're all trying to watch out for their own. It's a weird you get a kind of a weird vibe. You know what I mean? From the people that all work, the 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 lighting guys, the sound guys, the mm. the AD, the you know, I mean, all of them you just and it, I honestly I kind of relate I kind of relate like when you're doing a TV show like the director in the ad they're pretty much and they they, they kind of the the way they the way that they can treat like uh the the extras or any of the people that are not prominent names is it, it kind of it's kind of strange it kind of reminds me of fighting you know remember when i told you i would have told a story about where the first time when i came back to the ufc i fought in ideas when i fought in ideas Nate and I were in the back getting ready to warm up or not warm up, but we're in the back getting ready to weigh in and this intern came back and like yelled at him for not leaning against the wall. Hey, we're getting ready to line up. Like you guys don't line up against the wall. And he was like sitting on this camera box yeah. that could be dropped from a fucking airplane and nothing would happen to it, you know? And he was sitting on that like off away from the wall cause he wanted to be away from me. And it, you know, and, um, and he just, and, and, the, and this, this, uh, this person like was basically a, an intern was yelling. I'm like, Hey, Hey, you can't be over there. Get off there. You could break that. Sit over there against the wall. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? This is so strange. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you have, who's one of your most talented athletes and just fought for the UFC title. One of the most talented athletes in the world 
fighting him, like weighing in or like getting ready to weigh in. He's obviously tired. He's sucked up and, and you're over here, you know, treating him like this. I just found it really strange, man. I knew, I think from that moment that I probably wasn't going to stay in the UFC. If people were running around doing that. And there was another thing too, like short after this fight, I was in Vegas signing autographs with T wood and with uh, Chuck Liddell. We were at this event in Vegas and, um, and it was strange, man. It was strange to me that somebody, one of the girls there had grabbed Chuck by the arm. I was like, hey, you need to get in your spot. And Chuck was there with his wife and like uh, one of his kids. And Chuck, like, I saw Chuck like pull his arm away. He's like, hey, don't ever fucking touch me. He's like, you could have just tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, can you get in your spot, please? I need you in your spot. Fans are lining up. You could have said, but she like grabbed him by the forearm, like by his arm. It was it was like, hey, you need to get in. So start pulling on him. Like they forget like they're dealing with people kind of almost. It's like they're just trying to like think about their own operation. Yeah, well, they're trying to do their job because they can get in trouble from 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 the top down, from Dana, from from the other people that work for the organization. You know, and when they're there, they're there to put the fighters in their, like to make sure their fighters are in their place at a certain time. Yeah. But you also have to remember who you're talking to. Like, look, if you want to talk to me that way, because I was relatively new in there, and the same thing with T. Wood, go probably would have been like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, you grab me and pull me. I'm like, all right, okay, I'm coming. But you have someone like Chuck Liddell who's been there forever and been in the sport. And, like, dude, he'll get to his spot when he gets there. Those yeah. fans are going to wait there for him because they're here pretty much to see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were there to see us as well, but, like, it was us three. You know, I think Forrest was there also. I mean, people were going to wait for Forrest. They're going to wait for Chuck. You know what I mean? Like, they really, they, they hadn't really known T. Wood and I a whole lot because we just came into the UFC at the time. You know, so the hardcore UFC fans, they know, but not the not the, the, the ones that are like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so cool. We're going to go to the UFC this weekend. You know, they don't know all of the, the fighters. Yeah. So, no, I don't feel like we, I don't feel like I missed anything. Um I do think about some stuff, you know, I think about some stuff. Let me, I could be a hundred percent honest. Like I think about not taking the Benson fight. I think about, I think about, um, you know, my, my hand, my wrist and my thumb being torn. Like I tore all the ligaments in my thumb and some into my wrist, you know, and I broke my thumb as well. So I couldn't like, and that happened in the first round. I think how, how my life would be different if I had, had I not broken my hand in that fight, you know, um, because I was like future face or well yeah because I would have fought there would have been no reason for me to fight again until Pettis was ready to come back. There's no, there would have been no reason I beat I beat Nate who just fought for the oh, title. You would have beat Ben and then I beat Ben. I would have beat Ben and then there was nobody else ranked ahead of me. Yeah. There was no one. There was T.J. Grant, but there was the, he still hasn't fought to this day. Yeah, he pulled out of the fight. He hasn't. I never. I haven't heard from him. I actually want to find out whatever happened to him. He he's on Instagram. I actually messaged him um, oh. a while back, but he I think no. he's probably not interested in. Yeah, I don't I, know. Maybe you can reach out to him. Maybe but. I mean I would understand. He's I would be upset, man. You were he he had done all that, done all that work to get to that title shot and just never could never could uh, fight for the title. I mean I've been there twice in the UFC. That's the thing that was upsetting to me. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday with Anthony Johnson, and he, that's how he feels about with the John Jones fight. He feels the same way. He's like, look, I was supposed to fight John Jones for the title. He's like, and it never happened. And I feel the same way. Um, I felt the same exact way. I was like, man, this is um, this is shitty. This sucks. You know, I should have, I should have uh, fought Eves Edwards, and I should have been for the title shot. That fight didn't happen. They shut down the division after that, and then I should have fought Pettis for the title. And it was they had said it was going to happen, and we had done the whole press tour and everything like that for it. That didn't happen, and then I ended up fighting Benson, and you know, broke my hand and my thumb and my and tore some ligaments in my wrist. 
you know, in the first round. And I dominated that first round. And then the rest of the fight was a little shady. I dominated. I did pretty well the second round, too. Then I lost the third, fourth, and fifth. It was a split decision, but. Is that a fight you would take in Bellator? We had talked about doing it. We had talked about doing it. But right now, we're at different places in our lives, you know? Like, I mean, he's younger. He's, what, 32, something like that. And I'm, I'm 40. I'll be 41 if we were to fight again. You know, that's a lot, man. Your young protege is doing it for you April 27th? Oh, uh, who? Piccolotti. Oh, Piccolotti. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to train with him in a bit. He's got his hands full, man. That's a tough fight. That's gonna be a tough fight for him. So, um, that'll be. I mean, basically, that's what we're talking about. What does Colby Covington say? It says Dana White are on great terms. I don't know about that. <laughs> Someone was saying that that uh, that Colby and is it Colby or is it T Wood? I think it's Colby. That Colby Covington and Oh, no, sorry. Ben Askren and Dana White are going to do Joe's show. Oh, really? And they're going to talk about whether they like each other or not. Someone was telling me that, that they're going to they're gonna do uh, Joe Rogan's show. Dana White, Joe Rogan explains. Uh, Report explains competition with Dana White. Uh, there's nothing news, news-wise. Dana White and Joe Rogan became the same. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's nothing. Where did you hear that? Oh, I thought I saw that on. I thought I saw it on Joe's uh, IG, huh. saying that they were gonna get together and uh, they're gonna have the two of them on and talk about why Ben's gonna be able to talk to him about why he doesn't like him. Do you know why he's been on Joe Rogan? I didn't know that. Come on, man! Really? You have to think he would. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You'd think he would, but. I never, I never thought, uh, I never thought he was ever on there because you've never. Oh, is it just audio? It's just an audio one. Oh, it's a really bad one as well. Is it? Yeah, it's funny reading the description. Dana White is a businessman, entrepreneur, and the president of the UFC. <laughs> funny. Must have been um, a long time ago, huh? What's that? Must have been a long time ago. It was 2013. Yeah. Uh, what did you see this exchange with Nate and Cowboy? They're saying they want to run it back. Yeah, so uh, uh, Cowboy posted this exchange. He said, "Cowboy said Nate, when you fighting?" And Nate says, "It's not me. It's the UFC doing it." Cowboy says, "Well, just so you know, I'll fight you." And then Diaz said, "Shit, we'll we'll do one eighty five. I'm done cutting weight." <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. That'd be a that'd be a good one as well. I think it'd be cool. Just let them fight, man. But the UFC's not gonna let it happen. They won't do it. I think that's why, I, look, Nate is looking for guys to fight that will bring the best out of him. Donald Cerrone, he's already beat, but Donald Cerrone's not the same fighter he was the first time they fought, and neither is Nate because had, Nate's had such a long layoff. Now, he was able, he wanted to fight Dustin Poirier because he knew Dustin Poirier wasn't just going to try to take him down and lay on him, you know, and then he knew his jiu-jitsu and his submissions were going to be available for him to to, to attack on, on Poirier. Now that those are fights, those are fights that Nate is willing to take. These other guys, these other wrestlers, he's not fighting those guys, man. He's not taking a chance of losing the Conor McGregor rematch. He will take the Dustin Poirier fight. He will take the Cowboy Cerrone fight. Pull up the the lightweight division. He will take those fights. He will not, and just so he knows it, like, hey, if he loses to those guys. He's lost. He lost that. He lost the Conor McGregor chance at a rematch, but he ain't fighting those guys, man. 
He's he's not fighting. He he'll, he'll fight Dustin Poirier. He won't fight Alan Quinta because his wrestling's too good. He won't fight Kevin Lee. He does not want to fight Edson Barboza because he leg kicks too much. Justin Gaethje probably doesn't want to fight because of the leg kicks. Gaethje's got some nasty leg kicks as well as good wrestling that he never uses. Okay. Um, I could see him trying to fight Pettis, but Pettis isn't really ranked high enough anymore. But then Donald Cerrone is right there. The reason why I think he'll fight Donald Cerrone because Donald Cerrone doesn't wrestle either. I could see him wanting to fight Anthony Pettis. I mean, that fight could happen. I don't know. Has that fight ever happened? No. No, it has never happened, huh? That's a fight we could see too. You know? I mean, Pettis is already scheduled to fight who? Uh, Steven Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, Steven Thompson. So, I mean, I could see him fighting Pettis. I would love to see that fight. I could see he's not fighting uh, Felder. He's not fighting uh, Gillespie because Gillespie's too good of a wrestler. He's not fighting those guys, man. He won't fight those guys. So, he's not fighting anyone that's a wrestler. Pettis, Cerrone, and Dustin Poirier. Those are his three options to fight. He's not fighting Barboza because Barboza's got fucking nasty leg kicks. And Nate does not check kicks. So, he's not fighting him either. Okay, those are the three fights and Conor McGregor. He's only doing those three fights, and if he gets offered those fights, he will fight those fights. If not, he's waiting for Conor McGregor, which I don't understand why they haven't done that fight yet. I don't get it. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, you're here with Josh Thompson. That's my punk's opinion, giving you a quick breakdown on the guys that I do know from this weekend's uh, UFC. What is it, 147? So that is on ESPN+. Plus. You guys can tune in and watch that. Then we also have next week, we have Pachanga uh, for Bellator down at Pachanga. That's going to be <clears throat> available as well. That'll be on Paramount. That'll be a great card as well. Can you pull that card up? Yep. I don't know that Sean, the bunch, is fighting. Emmanuel Sanchez and George Karahanian. Uh, Litton Vassell versus um, Valentin. Voldowski, Moldowski. Gotta learn how to say these guys' names, man. So Shipman versus um, Dapion. Is that how you say his name? Dapion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sean Munch is on there as well. So, but that whole that whole card is gonna be a pretty tough, a uh, pretty good card. So you guys check that out. That'll be on Paramount as well. We'll do the breakdown on that on Monday. So I'll do that for you guys on Monday or Sunday or Monday next week. It will also do the recap of the UFC. What is it? 147. Uh, yep. This is a long layoff, man. We haven't done the Bellator hasn't Bellator hasn't had a fight since uh, James Gallagher's fight in Dublin. A few weeks ago, right? Yeah, a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. So. All right, guys, if you guys haven't picked up the Zone app also, too, because there's some big fights coming up, so get ready to pull up that, uh, pick up that Zone app and uh, big fights that are happening. That big April 27th fight is going to be fire. The one here in San Jose, you have John Fitch versus uh, Roy McDonald, Lee versus Vita Ortega. Uh, man, that whole card is stacked. You got, uh, who is it? Is it uh, Liam McGeary is fighting Phil Davis. And you have Benson Henderson versus Adam Piccolotti. I think there's another good fight on there as well. I'm trying to remember the next fight. Uh, Diego Herzog is also fighting good jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm excited for that whole card. That whole card's gonna be that whole card's gonna be fire, man. So Diego Herzog is fighting Jordan Williams. That should be a good fight as well. So that whole card is stacked. I'm excited. Scroll back to the left again. No, one more. The other way. The other way. 
He went the wrong way, but whatever. Oh, there it is. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so those are some good fights. Uh, we'll we'll do the re- we'll do uh the breakdown on those as well. Not next week, but the probably the uh, maybe the week after. Getting closer into April, probably like April first. That's April twenty seventh on the zone. I'm excited. Shows coming up as well. Yeah, there's some good shows coming up. Yeah. So right after that fight, the week after the April twenty seventh fight, we'll be in the UK and Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham. Yep, we'll be in Birmingham. And then, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm going to do that show. And then we do London in June. And there's a big announcement for another big show in... Wait, when are you in Birmingham? May 4th. Oh. Uh, I'm going to Scotland the week Scotland. before Bellator. The week before Bellator? Oh, April 27th. The week before that one. The week before April 27th? The, like, the week before... The week before the week of... The week before... Oh, there's, the week well, there's a week fight. in between. April 27th to May 4th, there's a week in between. No, I'm going the week before April 27th. That's Not the week just... of the fights, but the week before the week of the fights. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're saying. All right, man. All right, so hey, that's uh, Punk's Opinion. Hit the uh, subscribe button in the YouTube and iTunes. Also, hit the notifications. to Get the notification bell. That'll let you guys know when we drop new stuff. Um, obviously, we're going to try to book out some uh, some talent this next week. We have a... We, we were supposed to have a guest today. Uh, she couldn't make it, but the potential of her being on on, on the 25th is 100%. So we will have her on then, and I'm excited for this. So also, too, um, what else was I going to say? Follow us on IG, YouTube, iTunes. Hit the subscribe button. Follow me, at the Real Punk on iTunes and Twitter. Okay, that's it, at the Real Punk. And then also you can follow Producer Dave. No one really does, but follow him. Hey, man. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Punk's opinion.